Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Cozy Christmas Podcast. My name is Art and I hope that you are in the holiday mood. My guest today is Kyle Poles. He has written a charming children's story called From Nicholas to Christmas. Now, have you ever played that telephone game where, you know, you whisper a a short story or a sentence in somebody's ear, they whisper it to somebody else, they whisper it to somebody else, and it goes on, and by the time you get to the end, it's almost a completely different story than how it started. I remember one year we did this in school, and I don't know what happened, but it went completely off the rails. The story, by the time it got done, and there was like maybe 20 of us kids, but it, it had no resemblance to how the story started at all. And it wasn't that long. I mean, it was like three or four sentences at the most. Well, Kyle takes that idea and and kind of reverse engineers it and thinks, what if that's how Christmas got started? What we have at the beginning of his story is a man named Nicholas. He's He's a kind man, a very giving and generous man. And he meets a young lady named Mary, who is is poor and is an orphan. And through some of his interactions with her, some Christmas magic, Uh, or I guess magic, you know, as what will come to be known as Christmas magic, uh, the foundations of the story of Christmas begin. And then over the centuries, maybe this is how they've they've changed. You know, in the story, he refers to it as Mary's Christmas, which then, you know, by the time it gets here to the 21st century, we call it Merry Christmas. Uh, Things like that. I think it's such an interesting way to explore the, the myths and legends, traditions of Christmas. It's really, really fascinating. But the story is, again, told as a poem. It's uh, got beautiful illustrations, and I think it will keep your kids' attention. And it's a fun story to read aloud. If you are interested in origin stories of Santa, why well, I'd tell you, take a listen to this interview. Kyle was just a fun person to talk to. He has quite the incredible story of survival due to some health concerns he had a few years ago that really gave him a new appreciation for life and to do the things that matter. So we talk about his story there of his time in the military, some of the uh, hardships that he went through, and how all of this came about and helped give him the desire to tell the story. This is an author who has an incredible story behind his story. I'm just so glad that Kyle was willing to share that with us. Um, you can tell it's a story that means a lot to him. Fortunately, he's doing well now. He's he's healthy. Uh, he's got a young family. He's really looking forward to experiencing Christmas this year. It turns out we have a lot of similar uh, tastes as far as movies and stories and music go. So I just had a great conversation with him. So I'm going to be quiet now. I'm going to turn things over to Kyle, and we're going to talk about his new book, From Nicholas to Christmas. Welcome back to the Cozy Christmas Podcast. My guest today is Kyle Poles. He's the author of From Nicholas to Christmas, which is a new uh, Christmas story that really celebrates the the magic of Christmas and that at the heart of the magic of Christmas, we find acts of kindness. And he has put together this beautiful book, beautiful, beautifully illustrated. And uh, folks, you know me, I love a good a good picture. So uh, Kyle, welcome to the Cozy Christmas Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Art. I appreciate it. This story is so unique. It, it tells another 
I guess another spin on the origins of Christmas or, or Santa Claus. And I, I think it's a really remarkable one. But before we get into that, even let's let's learn a little bit about yourself. Uh, could you just give sure. us an introduction and some of, of your uh, backstory that led you up to writing a, uh, this story? I myself am a, a product of a military family. So I was born in Washington State, but my uh, my dad traveled the whole northern northern borders and then Minnesota then um, then the eastern eastern seaward side and then from there I actually joined the military and um, retired in 2020 but the real inspiration of this uh, of this book it actually came from an article and uh, it's a rather, rather cynical article um, it talked about I mean this, this gentleman broke down the science of things you know You'd have to be traveling fast and you see the light, carrying X amount of tons. And mm -hmm. I, I read this on the internet and I'm like, that's disheartening, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wanted to create another spin to how he might deliver gifts in one night. Maybe it's a snow globe, magical snow globe, that spoiler alert in the book. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe you can do that. But not only that, let's let's talk about other traditions. You know, kind of playing that telephone game. I don't know if you've heard of that game where you start off with a sentence, and by the time it comes back to it, you know, changes. Right. I wanted to do something like that. You know, you know why a, a tree is inside of a house with decorations. There's your Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. um, why is why is coal associated with naughty children? Well, I've got something in that book as well. Um. <clears throat> just those small little traditions and even incorporating old ones like the three dowerless children it's an old old uh, christmas time story mm -hmm. i wanted to kind of throw those little things in that book just kind of make it fun um so that was, I was like oh let's do this let's do this and so i started a type kind of ran into some writer's block um and like some authors just kind of set it aside just kind of feel like oh dang but uh, in 2017, I had an incident that happened, uh, came out of it, and um, that was a real, a real enormous spike to motivation. And I was like, you know, I saw this through. Um, you know, I saw the vision of the book, and I, you know, I really want to get it. And what's funny is it was in March that this all happened. Mm -hmm. So not even Christmas time. It's just a goal that I wanted to to get this book done. I, I wanted to get it in you know people's in people's houses on their bookshelves you know that's the reason why the design is like it is it's kind of old-fashioned um it's very nostalgic you know that red background gold lettering i actually have the copy right here so mm -hmm. I, I really wanted to make it my inspiration came from um charles dickens's christmas carol mm -hmm. where he, he wanted the red background gold trimming and so did i and yeah that's that was the inspiration yeah well i i'm a big dickens fan and as soon as i saw the cover of your book i thought oh that looks like a christmas carol <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my inspiration yep awesome yeah and you had you had mentioned you had some uh you had some real uh, physical trials along the way too in, in the middle of all this uh with you, you mentioned in the acknowledgments that there's a doctor who's saved your life twice do, do you feel comfortable talking about that at all yeah absolutely um so dr joseph brown he uh, is the neurologist. Um, he was a neurologist at Walter Reed um, Naval Hospital. 
but he has since um, transferred station. But um, yeah, in 2017, you know, I went to bed just like like any other night, no nothing leading up to it, and then I woke up. I say woke up in a hospital a month later almost. Mm. And uh, um, what happened is I had a, I had a mass in my my brain, <clears throat> and it caused seizures. And yeah, I, I just remember what felt like a very real nightmare at the time mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning stages and my body was burning um i actually went through um some real psychological events like delusions hallucinations because um turns out the medication for anti-convulsive seizures is um this medication i'm wildly allergic to <laughs> so <laughs> uh yeah yep <laughs> and so as a result uh, you know all this stuff was happening and uh i very i felt very disoriented had no idea where i was at what was going on um and it was in and out um kind of blackouts Mm. Uh, but when i really came to we'll say i woke up in an mri machine Mm. so not familiar with an mri machine it's you're very fastened down your whole body you can't move um and you can't move your head and you're about this far in a tube it's very enclosing and uh that was a a fear level unlocked i'll tell you that i'd never experienced before and so um it's kind of at that moment that i was really aware that something um something bad was happening Mm -hmm. um and then kind of you know along the way um because my 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 brain was swollen. I had to learn how to uh, walk again because I lost all motor function from neck down. Um, really, um, how to talk. Um, I mean, just your basic everyday needs. You'd learn again. Try to understand what was happening to you at the same time. It was it was mm-hmm. an emotional roller coaster. That, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And so, got out of that event and. Around April, May, um, and then kind of just let's say went on with my life, and then fast forward 20 months, and something happened, and I was back in the hospital. I went, um, you know, and I felt very drowsy um, during the day, and took a nap, and woke up in the hospital again a month later, almost. Hmm. Um, but they knew at least ahead of time what was, you know, they knew my history. Mm-hmm. And so the neurologist, Dr. Brown, he said, you know, we're not going to control the seizures with the medication because they left the mask because brain surgery, you know, comes with its own complications. Like, you know, we've got the seizures controlled. Right. Let's, let's keep it at that. After the second incident, he's like, mm, yeah, we're going to cut it out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So you're you're uh, all all good to go now, though. Yes, yeah. from the sounds of it, yeah, good. Yeah, he, he saved my life. You know, in the midst of all this, then I, it kind of gives you that that new appreciation for life, and yeah, you know, you want to you want to see the goals accomplished that you know you had set out, and that I think that's probably like you said, kind of what motivated you to get this book finished. Yeah, yeah, that I mean, that's such an incredible story, and perhaps 
some Christmas magic was at work there, even in the, you know, in April yeah. or May, <laughs> but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so all that, you finally get this book done. And as I mentioned, it's it just, it's beautifully written. Uh, the illustrations are fantastic. Uh, let's, let's talk about some of those illustrations. You kind of co-illustrated with, uh, with a man named Diego. Um, what can you tell us about that? So coming across him, it was, gosh, I'm trying to, I mean, it was by happenstance, um, through, uh, I came across his profile mm-hmm. and then just reached out to him and we connected. He, he saw the vision I wanted. Um, and we, I mean, we just, we just went from there. Mm. Um, I mean, we, we didn't have a, um, we didn't have a backstory. We just started talking. I think it was mm-hmm. around August of 2016. I mean, it was, mm. um, it was before then. Yeah. Um, and, and then the, the book itself is written like a poem, which I was reading it again. I'm thinking, you know, I can maybe write a poem about a page if I, if I'm really pressed, <laughs> but just to write the whole book, like a poem that, that takes some work. <laughs> yeah. I won't tell you because, you know, after one writes a book, you edit it, right? If I had a published uh, uh, original one, I mean, it would have been probably three times that size. But yeah. uh, my editor, Deborah, uh, I mean, she she knocked it back and helped me, you know, really fine, fine tune it to a, a good, a good steady, you know, pace and rhythm. Right. Yeah. I have I, talked to many authors and I think... I can't think of one that says, I wish I didn't have an editor. (laughs) (laughs) Editors will save your book. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And keep you in line. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, let's talk a little bit about the story itself. We're introduced to a man named Nicholas. He has um, a little family. It it takes place a long time ago. uh, And you write it as kind of the origin stories of, of Santa and Christmas. And like you were saying, it's, it's the telephone game. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are certain elements here that you can see how they've kind of evolved over time. Um, in, in, and in the process, he meets a, a young lady named uh, Mary who mm-hmm. just is, is she's a, a poor child. Um, yeah. I mean, she, it's a kind of character who would be at home in a Dickens novel, you know. <laughs> and, yeah, um, exactly, like a yeah, like Oliver Twist, <laughs> right? Oliver or, or Tiny Tim or someone, you know. And and yeah. what what's what I love about her story is that even though she is poor and orphan and all all that, um, mm-hmm. you know, what she is, um, her acts of kindness is kind of what inspires this whole story. Yeah, I wanted to show because we're talking about kindness um, and now how, you know, it's not just a a class thing. You know, you don't have to be a wealthy person to display acts of kindness. You know, you don't have to be a poor person to display acts of kindness. I mean, it, it's just it's something that anybody of any class can just do, mm-hmm. you know, with no ulterior motive. It's just it's something that's deep within you that can really connect with others in a, a different way. The ability to give when you have a lot, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like safe giving. 
but yeah. you know when she gives from very little and that's you feel the sacrifice in that yeah yeah um i i know a man who uh he worked in omaha for a while i, I live about 40 minutes from omaha and uh he said on his lunch break he would go out and to the park nearby and and there were always homeless people out so he'd go in and yeah. talk with them and try to make friends uh which people thought he was crazy but <laughs> yeah. but he, he got to really know this one guy and um one winter he gave him a coat this man just desperately needed a coat and um and the man was so grateful but then a couple of weeks later he saw him again and he didn't have his coat and so my friend asked him he said where's your coat and he said well I found somebody who needed it more than I did. And so I gave it to him. <laughs> but I mean, like that kind of act of kindness, I mean, he's basically get, I mean, you know, no pun intended, giving the show off his back. Right. But I mean, that coat ensures his like livelihood and he's willing to give it to someone that's in more need. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to show. I mean, uh, you know, I was taught not to take, even though I'm poor, I coupled that man, his coins fell to the floor. That was the, right the main kind of segment from the book that uh, I wanted to show Mary, you know, I mean, that's, yeah, that's that act of kindness and kind of speaks to her, you know, values and philosophies and life. Yeah. And, and through that part of the story, I, I think the illustrations are really lovely with seeing her uh, give to people and just the, the smile that, um, you've created on her face, the joy that she has in giving. It just really encapsulates that story. Uh, it's really fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate that. So one of the morals of the story is definitely kindness. What's, I guess, what's your hope with that, that people will read this and, and learn from it? I think it's just that, um, you know, that feel good moment, you know, we, we, I feel like we live in just a world of social media um, drama and just stuff that kind of brings us down, you know, mm-hmm. with call it world issues, uh, economy, etc. Um, that you pick up this book and you just kind of feel that a little bit of joy from reading it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just a little bit, you know, you come across those feel good videos on social media and you're like, you know what? I like that. I really do. Mm-hmm. And, it, but it can be kind of a fleeting moment, you know, cause then, you know, here comes drama and here comes media, but you know, I, I kind of mm-hmm. want that, that, that joy to be felt. Yeah. There, there's just so much negativity everywhere you look and, yeah. It's maybe it's time to, you know, start being the voice of, of kindness or a voice of compassion, empathy, whatever, get, get alternate voices out there. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, one question I did have about, uh, the writing, uh, why did you choose to write it as a poem versus just narrative? So in, in terms of how I uh, express it, I'm actually the better at doing it that way. Okay. And um, it just it just flowed easily for me, mm-hmm. so I just I just went with it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I actually because my my first, I mean the first draft of this book, I tried to do a narrative. I mm-hmm. got through three quarters of a single page. <laughs> I'm like, 
uh, no, we're going to change this up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. And then I just went right with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, every style is different and you got to find what works for you. So, <laughs> but it, it, yeah, and it was actually the, the, the last, um, it was the last, I'm looking at the stanza of the first chapter and that was the one that started out. I said, but this one is different. And now you'll see when Nicholas was just Nicholas before Christmas came to be. Mm-hmm. So that one, I actually had that kind of as my staple for keep looking up, keep looking up and then mm-hmm. just going with it. Oh, neat. Yeah, then yeah. That, that really introduces the story. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I like... And I wanted I like, to close... I, I, go ahead. I wanted to close it with that same thing as well. Mm-hmm. So that's the, almost the last stanza of the final chapter, too. Right. Well, it's, that's... Mm-hmm. Um, and that's good poetry, you know, the... It, um, the the right, not just the rhyming, but the, uh, the parallel thoughts and everything, you know, that yeah. comes full circle and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well it's neat because, it, um, something about Christmas that, you know, poems kind of take a big part of that. Uh, I, I think the, the classic example is, is the, the Grinch, which I think was your, did yours have the quote at the beginning of it or yeah. Yeah, Christmas will, I, from will always Seuss, be. Yep. Yeah, yep, yep. So yeah, that kind of uh, sets the tone for uh, for what the the book, the the style of the book. So yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think this would be a great st- story to read uh, to children. Um, I think adults will enjoy it. Um, if you're feeling cynical, you know, pick the book up and <laughs> read it. <laughs> Rediscover some exactly. Christmas joy. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like. Regardless of anybody, I feel like when some somebody reads a home book, mm-hmm. even children, I feel like there's just this little um, enjoyment they get from reading a poem, like a rhyming sentence. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just me that I, I find a little enjoyment in reading something that rhymes, and it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to capture that as well. Yeah. I, uh, I, I read to my kids a lot when they were younger, and there were some stories, you know, that I, I could almost have memorized. They just wanted me to read it so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have a two year old and I've got a lot of books that there you go. I memorized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my middle son, he had, um, the very hungry caterpillar read to him so much that he had it memorized <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he was you know, only like two or three years old and so we have this video of him pretending to read it. He's reciting it on the right pages and everything, but <laughs> it's good at reading. Oh, oh yeah. I'm very familiar with that book. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, well, let's, let's talk a little bit more about, uh, just about some Christmas, uh, some of our favorite Christmas things. Um, you know, you mentioned you, yeah. gr- you grew up in Washington. Uh, where about? Bremerton, so okay. just across the sound from Seattle. Yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I lived as a, as a teenager. I lived in Port Townsend. Um, so okay. Yeah, I'm familiar with the area. Um, beautiful place. Um, yeah, yeah. It is beautiful. Absolutely. Um, so, what what were Christmases like for you as a kid? Uh, they definitely changed um, from year to year at times. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Where we'd have quiet ones, uh, and then we moved to the East Coast, where uh, a lot of my mother's side's family it resides or resided. Um, 
we had a few Christmases where it was, you know, a large family get, uh, you know, get together. Um, and then there were some where it was, I mean, I don't mean this in a sad way where, you know, it was just, it was just me. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've definitely changed from year to year. And, but I feel like the joy just stays the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you said you were uh, in a military family. Yes. So yeah, my parents were military and then, yeah, then I went in. Did you guys move around a lot because of that or were you pretty stable? Semi both. Um, I moved, uh, to three different states. Yeah. It's, it's hard. <laughs> but... Yeah. <laughs> and then I joined in. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know what to expect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Precisely. I'm from South Dakota now. Uh, uh-huh. we're, my wife and I were living in, in South Dakota now. And so this is the first actual location in 30, how, 35 years mm-hmm. where there's no foreseeable move to a different location. Nice. So, yeah. If you don't mind, uh, whereabouts in South Dakota do you live? Uh, so Watertown. Um, yeah, Watertown. Okay. Kind of midway up on the eastern side. Yeah, we've gone through South Dakota a couple times. We usually will go out um, out west and see, okay. you know, Mount Rushmore. Other side. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's actually, I can't remember the name of it now, but right before you start getting into the more mountainous area, there's this fun little uh, Christmas store that's open year round out there. I got I to gotta think of what the name is now. I'll, but I'll have to look that up. I don't know how I never came across <laughs> that yet. So I'll have to find it, let you know. But um, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, the few times we've gone that way on vacation, it's, it's like right off the interstate or highway or somewhere. And it's yeah. it gets lost in all the drug towns signs and everything. But <laughs> oh, the wall drug signs. Wall drugs, are... that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there because you see drug signs. It's like, oh. Yeah, right, right. Wall yeah. drug, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's like one every mile till you get to there. Right, and then... Just thinking about, I like to share some of our favorite Christmas uh, traditions and things. Do you have a tradition or uh, or a family or a Christmas memory that's your favorite? No traditions. We're actually starting um, new ones. My son is two, and you can kind mm-hmm. of see that he's, you know, developing the the personalities and and the memories that uh, we're going to do the elf on the shelf mm-hmm. uh, tradition with with him. But no, uh, no real family traditions. That that elf on the shelf can be can be fun. It can be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it can, can be. be. <laughs> yeah. My wife just ordered the the elf on the shelf kit. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Have fun with that one. Now we we never did that with our kids, but we I don't know if if we started it around the same time or we actually was a little before. So we're yeah. kind of trendsetters, but we had. Um, <laughs> We had a snow, a little uh, stuffed snowman ornament that uh, we just pretended he was doing naughty things every morning, <laughs> you know, and not that he would necessarily tattle on the kids to Santa. It was just they'd come downstairs all excited to see what was Flaky going to do this morning, you know, and <laughs> it, it'd be everything from getting into the Christmas cookies to um, spelling funny words, you know, and, and glitter on, on, the, on the table and. It did eventually get to the point where it was like more work than it was worth. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think our, our kids were about that age, around two to four, and that was a lot of fun. So yeah, 
if you can handle it, you know, don't, don't go over, yep. too overboard, you know, to, uh, it, it can oh, be a lot I of know. fun. I might. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's what you um, enjoy, you know, go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go big or go home. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, there's quite a few years we kind of phoned it in a few times. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking a break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they didn't care. They, they thought it was a blast. And then, as they're getting older, you know, they, they're like, uh, I know one of my kids, especially was dad flaky is not real. Right. You and mom are the ones who move him. Right. But you could tell he wasn't still quite sure, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I try to make that last as long as possible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once in a while still, um, I know flaky will make an appearance and you know, my teenagers now just kind of roll their eyes and, <laughs> <laughs> you love us guys come on <laughs> exactly it's core memories <laughs> that's right how about uh do you guys have a favorite christmas movie you like to watch so i, I like a few um mm -hmm. ranging from you know the comedy to the action i am that you know on the action side of things i am that person that feels that die hard is a christmas movie it, it, it is i i feel like it yeah. is <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but I also, I also really enjoy, I'm, I'm more of a fan of the second home alone. Might get some, you know, fight back on that, but mm -hmm. I like the second home alone and, uh, I really enjoy, um, you know, it's a wonderful life. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of round out. Yeah. Round it out. Yeah. Well, you, you got, you got everything from, uh, sweet to, uh, well, whatever Die Hard is, you know, <laughs> it's <laughs> exactly. a good movie. That's what that is. Yeah. 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 yeah, I honestly, I don't get into the fight over it because it's starting to get kind of annoying. But uh, um, I I didn't think it was at first, but some people have made some pretty strong arguments about how Christmassy it is. And yeah, essentially that if you consider Home Alone a Christmas movie, you kind of have to consider Die Hard a Christmas movie because they're not I really that, like that different. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, I just cop out now and say, yeah. well, if you, if you want it to be, that's fine. If not, that's fine too. That, uh, whatever. <laughs> I just feel it rounds it out, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it has all the tropes of a Christmas movie. You know, he, he's trying to get home to his family. Um, things yeah, are happening yeah. to keep him from doing that. And, um, and uh, th those are some great movies. Uh, the, the second one is pretty good too. I think kind of the, uh, an, an underrated Christmas classic right there. So. It is. <laughs> yeah. And you really can't, you really can't consider the third one. You know, no, no. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people would agree with you about Home Alone 2, actually. There's something about that film that feels more Christmassy even than the first one. I think it's just the ne being in New York City. Yeah. You know, because back then, because when we lived in Connecticut, uh, I would travel to New York quite a bit. And back in the, in the, you know, 90s and 2000s, it, it was enjoyable to go to. I, I, you know, I can't speak to it now because I haven't been in a, a long time. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I remember those those times. And so, you know, the Rockefeller tree, just the lights, the decorations everywhere. And, I mean, the people seem to really be more into the, the holiday mm -hmm. um, spirit then. So. New York City is almost its own character in that movie, you, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Especially when he goes through Central Park. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and the stuff does uh, 
Harry and Marv go through. I actually just talked to uh, the last guest I was talking to liked that film as well. And, and it's just, it's like they would not have survived. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not um, even close. <laughs> especially when he turns into a skeleton. He got electrocuted. Right. Yeah. That's, that's just a perfect scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now what's interesting about it's a wonderful life is I didn't see that until maybe five or six years ago. Um, okay. I, for whatever reason, I, I just didn't really have any interest in watching it. And I thought it's not a Christmas movie. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just about this guy's life and stuff. And then finally I sat down to watch it with my wife, which is one of her favorites. And I'm like, Oh man, this is a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> it takes place on Christmas Eve. I uh, mean, <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> yeah. And, I've grown on it. It's I enjoy it now. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a softer heart in my old age, I guess. So <laughs> it feels good, right? The, right. That kind of that joy. Exactly. <laughs> well, I knew it was um, it was my my grandfather's favorite uh, film, and I, I I regret asking. I never got a chance to ask him why he loved it so much, but. Um, from what some of the other family has said, it was just something about George Bailey's character, you know, of, of being a good man, no matter yeah. the situation. And that was something I know my grandpa always tried to, to live by that same philosophy. Uh, but yeah, I, that's one of those things I wish I had talked to him about more. Yeah. I mean, that was another inspiration for, for this book. I mean, just, mm-hmm. just keep giving. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, both my, my grandpa and grandma were just, some of the kindest people you, you'd ever meet and really embody the spirit of, of Christmas and giving and kindness and all that. They made Christmas wonderful. Now, are, are you, um, are you into Christmas music at all? Do you have a favorite there? I enjoy Michael Buble's Christmas. So right. I, I do like that kind of music. That kind of a, a jazzy sound to yep, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I was actually just listening to that uh, yesterday we were, I uh, was out driving, you know, thought, okay, I got I got, I need some Christmas here. So he happened to come up on my uh, playlist. So that I was like, this is a good album. I, <laughs> I was just, yeah. Cause what I like about his album is it's, it, it kind of, uh, you know, has everything to where you've got the jazzy kind of feel, mm-hmm. uh, but you also have the, the slow, the slower songs mm-hmm. and he doesn't make it down. So called jazzy or you know, mm-hmm. like. So it it really has a, a, a kind of a spectrum within that album. So that's I enjoy that album. I still I'm can be old school, but I I love the um, uh, the 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 jazz from the Charlie Brown Christmas special, um, whatever his name is. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't I, think I can't of his name. I'm, I'm blank, yeah. blanking now. But yeah, it, it's that kind of jazz I love. And then you can find some other albums that have that same kind of vibe to it and. I'm just in a Christmas puddle all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I and all my uh, musician friends are going to be yelling at me now. Like, how could you not remember the guy's name? Come on. <laughs> and then one of my favorite parts of Christmas is, is the food. I haven't yet found a Christmas dessert I didn't like. But uh, what, what kind of foods do you guys like to, to have? And what's some of your favorite there? Oof. Personally, I, I enjoy the settings where it's more of the hors d'oeuvre. Mm-hmm. You know, where we have little things to just kind of, you know, pick from because I feel like with that, at least, I mean, this is my own perspective is 
it's more conversational with the people that are in, in attendance mm-hmm. instead of sitting at a t- I mean, I know you can sit at a table and enjoy a meal, but it just seems a little more casual with, uh, a little less formal with the order. Yeah. You, uh, yeah, we've had some Christmas get togethers at our house a few times. And, um, when we do that, we'll, we'll have just a table loaded with, uh, like cookies and checks mix and like little, um, cheese and meats and things. And, yeah. And what's yep. fun, yeah, you can just kind of bounce from people to people, conversations. Yep. And, and, <laughs> and if you're stuck to someone you don't like at the table, you're like. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to go see what the kids' table's doing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have a, a favorite kind of Christmas cookie? I like just regular sugar cookies. I know that sounds kind of no. like, okay. <laughs> no, but, I'm right there with you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, around this time, I love the... I don't know what the brand is called, but it's um, it's shortbread cookies. I think mm-hmm. it is. It's, it's like those weird kind of circle designs, and yeah, like the mm-hmm. ones that come in a tin kind of yes, thing. Yes. Oh uh, yeah, those are those are good with coffee. Um, yeah. That's usually how I uh, rate a cookie. Is is this good <laughs> with coffee? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'm getting hungry now, so thanks. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. Sounds like you've got some really fun Christmases ahead uh, with with your uh, your son, and it's about this age where they really begin to start clicking with what Christmas is, and mm-hmm. they get really excited for it. So, yeah, hang in there; it's gonna it's gonna get fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. to have have fun, especially with this Elf on the Shelf thing. So, yeah, I, I think I think he's gonna really flip for that. That's that's gonna be fun. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, well, we're uh, here. We uh, wrapping up here, but where can uh, folks find your your book and and do you have a um, a website or things people can reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. So on Amazon, um, just from Nicholas to Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, it's a great is a great source. But uh, I do actually offer on my website kylepoles dot com. So k y l e p o e h l s dot com, where um, if you order from that website, I'll actually sign up first edition so um, before I actually put my book on you know Amazon KDP and other um, platforms I actually uh, purchased um, several books um, just for for this purpose so you can buy a signed first edition I'll, I'll get it and, and mail it out uh, and I'll make sure to link those in the uh, in the show notes so people can find them and Go ahead and check this book out. Uh, again, it's called From Nicholas to Christmas, and it's a lovely origin story uh, of our favorite holiday. Kyle, thank you so much for coming on um, and, and just sharing your, your your passion and all the, the favorites, uh, Christmas favorites. Uh, I, I'm really hungry now. So, <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I appreciate you, you taking the time with me, Art, and, and just having this conversation. It was great talking to you, so. you. You bet. You bet. Well, you and your family have a Merry Christmas. Likewise, you as well. All right. Thanks again, Kyle, for reaching out. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I I really appreciate it. Thank you again for your story and for your service to our country, where I have the freedom to even have a podcast. Um, This episode comes out on or around the time of Pearl Harbor and its attack which happened on December 7th, 1941. And I expect that year at Christmas time, it was a Christmas like none other. 
Uh, it was a Christmas where perhaps they didn't know if if dad or brother would be even with them this year. It really uh, was a Christmas that changed a lot. Though I have never served in the military myself, I have great gratitude for those who have. So I, we don't know what the future will hold for our country. There's always talk about war and World War Three and different things. But, you know, Christmas is definitely a time to talk about peace. It's a message of peace. It's a message of redemption. One of the stories mentioned in our book club pick, Christmas by the Book, is the story of the World War I truce, where at Christmas time during, I think it was the first year of World War I, uh, the German and, and British soldiers called a temporary truce. They met in the middle of the battlefield in no man's land. They played soccer. They shared small trinkets with gifts and things. I remember I, I've read accounts about that and how some generals and leaders didn't want them fraternizing with the enemy because it's easier you know, to, to kill a soldier if you don't see them as a person. You know, and that's why you'll get a lot of language in and uh, verbiage, you know, that demeans a person or dehumanizes them. And so then it's easier to commit atrocities against them. But what if we stopped dehumanizing our enemies? What if we thought twice before we picked up that that gun and went to war? I, I think it's worth thinking about. I'm sorry, I, I'm kind of off topic here, but I do want to speak a minute about things that just have been on my mind lately as I watch the news. You know, there's a way you can disagree with someone, but still disagree in a way that is uh, positive, that is um, involves communication, and never stop seeing that person as a person. Uh, so whether, you know, you're a Democrat or a Republican or somewhere in the middle, I think what we have seen is people, you know, they are dehumanizing they are devaluing others and that can lead to i mean it can lead to violence and to attacks and to all kinds of war so this christmas you know be a be a messenger of of peace tell good stories see your fellow human as someone who is um not just an enemy but a friend a person i don't know what this is even making sense I don't know, just some thoughts I had. Anyway, Tyler, thank you for your service. Others, if you are listening and you are serving in the military, if you are the spouse of someone serving in the military, thank you for what you do. I know it's hard for spouses as well. So thank you, folks. All right, with that, we'll uh, we'll wrap things up here. Continue to uh, keep an ear out for upcoming episodes. I've got some great guests coming yet. Got some exciting, uh, fun stories I'm going to share, and I can't wait to read those to you. And so, until next time, thank you so much for listening to the Cozy Christmas Podcast. If you would like to help support the show, the best thing that you can do is to share it on your social media account, share it with a friend, leave us a rating and a review, because that really does help get the word out. I could not do this without you guys, and I appreciate it all so much. If you would like to help us out in a financial way, there are several options for you listed in the show notes. You can make a donation on ko-fi.com. 
And if you send me your address, I will send out a Christmas card with a bookmark or sticker as my way of saying thank you. There's also uh, some t-shirts, podcast merchandise, hand-painted ornaments I've done over the uh, this past year. And a special thank you to Karen and Angela, your support, not just your financial support, but your encouragement, your positivity, your absolute joy over what I do here really helps keep the podcast moving and it keeps me inspired to keep doing what I'm doing. So thank you and others who have given so generously this past year. Thank you. And until next time, let's remember to honor Christmas in our hearts and try to keep it all the year. Have a very Merry Christmas.